As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Hey, Mike, question for you. What do you do when you have to work with someone who's, let's say, a brilliant jerk? Um, all right. Well, I didn't realize that that's how you felt about me, but. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. It's not about you. Not everything is, Mike. All right. All right. Well, I'm, I was hoping it wasn't about me, but okay. <laughs> if you're not talking about me, well, wait a minute. Who are you talking about? <laughs> well, the truth is, I don't know exactly, right, wh- who we're talking about, but it's relevant to one of the confessions that we have today. Okay. Okay. Well, as long as you're not talking about me, I guess I'm up for digging in more on this one. All right. Well, let's get to it right after this. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. So a brilliant jerk, huh? Yeah, well, that's one way to put it, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We have two confessions today, and yes, the first one has to do with a difficult coworker. but before we get to that, we should probably reveal our special guest for the episode, someone who can help us dissect these two workplace confessionals. That sounds like a great idea, and who do we have with us to do that? We actually have Candace O'Brien, and well, here she is. Thanks, Mike and Michael. It's so great to be here. Uh, I really appreciate you having me. Uh, so I'm Candace O'Brien. I'm a co-founder of The Six. We're an innovation and design consultancy that's focused on helping organizations accelerate their innovation cycles. So we use approaches like design sprints and vision sprints to help companies build better products and services to improve their processes or their operations and organizational cultures. And our clients run the gamut. Um, we have some large enterprise clients like Google, uh, Salesforce, and Cisco. And then we also work with a lot of uh, pioneering startups, especially in the AI space. Uh, before the six, uh, I was a management consultant for about a decade. 
And I was really focused on working with enterprises that were doing large-scale digital transformations. And as part of those initiatives, I actually ran a few organizational design um, engagements where the focus was improving employee engagement. And so I've seen my fair share of workplace dysfunction up close, I think. Okay, well, let's see if Candace can help us with this first confession. Yes, and it's a good one or a bad one, depending on how you look at it. Either way, it's a confession we're calling hogging the spotlight. I have a question. Maybe it's a confession. Either way, I just need some help as I'm dealing with a difficult coworker at the moment. I'm currently on a team with, let's say, a headstrong person who is dominant and likes to take command of every conversation. I'm having trouble balancing letting them completely lead every decision or whether to challenge them in certain things. In my case, they do ask what others' opinions on the team are, but it feels as if they're just asking it to check the box of, hey, I ask, but they're always quick to shoot down anything suggested unless it aligns with their original idea. It makes the team not want to contribute because it feels like you're putting your head on the chopping board. At the same time, they also call you out for not saying anything, as if you don't care and they're doing all the work. I even get the sense that upper management sees them as the main strategic problem solver and the rest of the team as dispensable task monkeys, which is not how I want to be thought of. I'm a bit confused on how to deal with this situation. Any advice would really help. Yeah, now I know what you're talking about when you said it's a good confession or a bad one, depending on how you look at it. I guess... (laughs) Regardless, it's a tough situation. Yeah, but one I think Candace can help us with. Although, again, she has a name for people like this that pop up in our work lives. You know, um, the immediate thing I thought about was Netflix and, um, you know, the discussion around brilliant jerks. And the fact that it's actually, um, if you want to create dream teams, you can't have brilliant jerks on a team because the cost to teamwork is too high. And I think the letter writer kind of perfectly exemplifies that. You know, they're they're talking about the fact that this person makes the team not want to contribute because it feels like you're putting your head on the chopping block every time you share something. So I really sympathize, you know, with uh, the person who wrote this um, because the reality is that it's really difficult if you're the peer or the uh, or the or a teammate on the same level with someone like a spotlight hog, um, you can't really materially change their toxic behaviors, especially if senior management is willing to let it go unchecked, or even worse, seems to be rewarding their behavior because you know they're considered problem solvers or they're perceived as someone who gets things done. So I think it's actually really challenging. Um, because they are getting rewarded. Um, So my recommendation is always to start by focusing on what you can actually change, which is your behavior and your own mindset. I, I love that. Yeah. And we, we can't control necessarily the people around us. So I think that, I think that's good advice. I'm also curious for the company. I mean, because what many of the people that are listening on our show are entrepreneurs, right? They're, they're building companies. We don't want to have, we don't want to build cultures like this. It's possible upper management doesn't even know that this is a situation. How can we as entrepreneurs make sure that we don't we don't build a culture that sort of fosters what's going on here too? Yeah, I think it's actually really important um, that as a manager and a leader, 
you're checking in with your teams. You're looking at the kinds of interactions that are happening around teams. Um, you're asking questions like, you know, why are all of the um, ideas coming from the spotlight hog? You know, um, why am I not hearing from anyone else? And so you have that kind of active engagement and that you're also making it safe and, uh, for people to come to you within your organization and to share the challenges that they're having, you know, and specifically for the letter writer, you know, I talked about uh, that it's really important that you are focused on your own behaviors and your own mindset. And one of the things that's critical is avoiding the urge to make this interaction with the spotlight hog personal. Uh, you know, one of the lines that jumped out to me was, I'm having trouble balancing whether I should let them completely lead every discussion or whether to challenge them. And when I hear that, it feels like it's kind of reactive and setting up or framing a situation that's very much ego-driven and personal conflict. And in this instance, that seems really counterproductive uh, for this individual. So uh, I think anytime you're going into a discussion primed for confrontation or your motivation is trying to win an argument, you know, you've already lost. For the letter writer specifically, I would say, or the confessioner, for the confessioner, I would recommend, you know, that you are really focused on how you can contribute to your team success or project success and taking a collaborative mindset that puts aside the specific emotions and the power dynamics you might have with this individual. But there are also like tactical things you can do. And I think a very tactical thing is really related to the fact that most of our interactions for the foreseeable future are gonna be virtual. So if the spotlight hog just always dominates every conversation and every meeting, you know, use technology to limit their impact. Uh, Zoom and um, MS Teams and all of the other solutions um, have a lot of options that make it easy to structure meetings and can be designed so that each team member has a designated time to speak and then can be put on mute or team members are only allowed to share their ideas um, if they raise their hand or something like that. So I actually think it's, it's really important if you wanna get a word in edgewise, or you wanna make sure that the team is collaborating effectively, use technology to your advantage as well. I, that reminds me of the presidential debate, like the, the one debate where <laughs> they were able to just mute, let's just mute Donald Trump. That like it's funny. It's Zoom. We can we we do have mute buttons now, right? And so if there's structure to the meetings, like you're pointing out, you know maybe that it it we don't say like we're structuring it because we're we're doing this, but that it I mean that helps sort of level the playing field. I like that suggestion a lot. Absolutely, set up some rules to um to decide how the team engages, and then stick with them. We will be back after a short break to hear from our sponsors. Well, I think that was a good confession to start. Um, let's hear our next confession. What do we've got next, Michael? Well, this next one, it's another one of those good confessions, but 
kind of awful situations. <sighs> Sorry to bring everybody down today with these types of confessions. Yeah, I know, I know. Sometimes life isn't that rosy. But anyway, let's get right to this one, a confession we're calling The Firing Squad. Oh, boy. So I graduate college, search for a place to work, and get hired by this sweet company. Eight years old, so startup-ish. I was all excited to work for a top company in the area to work for. Worked there for four months, only to show up to work one morning for a scheduled company-wide meeting. On my way to work, I'd received an invite for a one-on-one meeting with the CEO's admin for 1020. When I arrived, there was no company-wide meeting. Everyone was confused and freaking out. My Slack DMs were blowing up with coworkers concerned they were going to lose their job. And of course, no word from anyone in management to calm the concerns. Then the firing began. Slowly, people were called into one of four meeting rooms that overlooked the main floor. Upper management then systematically fired 25% of the company, one by one. Needless to say, the waiting for your meeting was the worst part. It was really an awful day and never what I expected for my first out of college experience. Wow, that is awful. Yeah, and I've actually heard of situations just like this one. I even heard of one company where the people being let go had to get onto a, this surprise Zoom meeting and listen to a pre-recorded message about how they were being let go. Wow, that's that's actually the worst. Y- yeah, I'd say so. Anyway, let's see what Candace has to say about this particular confession. Yeah, it's really tough. You know, I worked for a CPG a lot of years ago and um, they would reorg every year. And even though my position wasn't in danger, the sense of uncertainty and the feeling of survivor's remorse you have, uh, especially if you're losing coworkers who are also friends. I mean, I can still feel the anxiousness around that now, you know, I could still, um, so restructuring, restructuring is definitely a part of organizational life. But living through them, you know, is definitely super stressful and challenging. And it's shocking that uh, companies are still not doing a great job of being able to communicate what's happening to workers and why it's happening. And I think it's, it's really critical. I know some people are concerned about liability and things like that, but it's really important to, if you're building a culture of respect, having that two-way communication with your uh, employees or soon-to-be ex-employees is really critical. And being able to share the why of the decisions, because I, I don't think people get angry that things are changing um, or what they're angry about is that there's so much uncertainty and no context is being provided for them about, you know, what the future is going to look like and what that's going to mean. So I, I do wish that companies as a whole would just get better about communicating um, the why and what next to employees in situations like that. Um, and as employees, I think, you know, it's really important um, for you if you are remaining to not give in to gloom and doom. You know, I remember I was really stressed out um, during that period of corporate reorg. You know, I stopped going to the gym. I, you know, I was really, I didn't 
think I was eating very well. So I was kind of neglecting my own well-being because I was letting the stress of everything that was happening around me impact me. And I think um, it's really important that you don't do that. You don't give in to doom and gloom. Don't neglect your well-being. You know, um, reach out to your leadership and ask what's happening and absorb what they're seeing. Don't kind of give in to the rumor mill and um, the Slack DMs about it. Um, ask them for clarity. Demand clarity. And um, I think that that is actually really essential in a situation like that. What's your recommendation for a company? Yeah, after the fact, you mentioned for people to to sort of not, you know, feed into the rumor mill, you know, try to stay positive. If you're on the other side of it, you're you're that manager that that had to make tough layoffs, and hopefully, you you, you know, you did it the right way. But do you have any like what what feedback do you have for for those companies? You know, the kind of like management basically after the fact to try to sort of you know, salvage whatever kind of culture you do have. Do you, do you have any sort of feedback there? I think number one is being open and transparent and making it clear to people why the reorg or the restructuring had to be done. What were the business reasons and what are the potential impacts? And then helping um, people really understand what the organization's new goals and priorities are. So we've lost 25% of our people. This is how our mission is changing, or this is how our vision is changing, and this is how it impacts you. So really giving people the tools to understand um, what the new strategic context is and allowing them to align their own goals and their own priorities with the organization's new reality. I think that that is really important because, you know, someone said misaligned people, misaligned people, right? So after kind of this seismic shift, how do you get people realigned? How do you get them refocused on mission and vision? And then um, how do you ensure that they've got the tools and the support that they need to do their job successfully? Because that tends to be one of the biggest challenges, you know, who do I go to when I used to go to, you know, Susie, who's now gone? And um, so helping people understand where they can get the resources and the information they need is really um, important. Uh, I think after, immediately after a reorg, um, ensuring that you have a, a meeting with your team and that people can share their concerns really transparently, they can share their fears, and that you're being respectful of the feelings that they have. And also that you're human in sharing the impact that this situation has had on you as well. You know, um, I think people really appreciate. All right, we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Okay, well, two confessions down today and yeah, these were both juicy uh, but awful situations, those kind of confessions. Yeah, yeah. But even in the worst situations, there's always a lot to be learned. And same goes for those two confessions. I think we can take a lot away from these, don't you think? For sure. And as always, we're we're going to end this episode with our one big takeaway from each of us. And, and I'll start. Um, really, I'll go back to that first confession, hogging the spotlight. You probably can't change people like the spotlight hog, right? It's just not going to work. 
but you can change your own actions and you can change your own mindset. So if you find yourself working with one of these spotlight hogs and you find yourself, I don't know, doing things just to avoid conflict, maybe deferring things to them, you really might be doing yourself a disservice. And instead, do what you need to do to be the best version of yourself. If that means challenging them on something because you believe whatever it is that you're taking a stand for, well, so be it. You don't need to let them dictate how you should work or how you should perform. That's completely up to you. And in the end, realize that it's not personal. This is just how they are. This is just their personality. It's how they're likely to continue to be. But you can and you should still be you. Yes, you should definitely be you. That's for sure. So that's a good one. For my big takeaway, I'll go with the last confession, the firing squad. My takeaway from all of this is that no matter what role we have in a company, we can never forget that we're dealing with human beings. Your employees, your colleagues, they're not just that, right? They're somebody's dad, somebody's wife, somebody's grandfather. They're all real people. And in the end, they probably want to be treated like, well, real people. Going through downsizing and layoffs, unfortunately, is a reality that many businesses have to deal with. But if you ever have the misfortune of having to lay someone off, remember that you're laying off a real person. The one thing you do owe them is respect. So don't go through the process like some do in a completely cold, unsympathetic fashion. Look them in the eye. Think of ways you can help them. Again, these are people. People who have given a lot to help you professionally. Layoffs happen. But how you deal with laying people off, well... It actually says a lot about you. Yeah, I like that, Michael. I think that's a really good takeaway. Well, that's all for today. We'll be back next week with two more confessions. Until then, we've been Mike Belsito. I'm Michael Saka, and this is Rocketship.fm. So long. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.